Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. I feel exposed. Okay. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Greetings, Triple R family. Hey, y'all. Hey, I hope 2024 is blowing your wig back so far. I am Renee, and of course, I'm joined with my amazing and audacious co-hosts, Greta and Takesha. Y'all talk to the people. What's up, good people? Hey, <laughs> just straighten your wig a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's been snatched and blown. Right, it's been snatched and blown, so straighten it just a little bit. <laughs> I think 24 is the year of the wig snatch. I really do. Uh, so much has happened already. Um, so yeah. So we are uh, having a, the third episode, rather. We are in the third episode, uh, third and final episode in this series where we have been examining the phenomenon that is Black girl magic. We've talked about how uh, Black girl magic serves us in many different ways. Uh, but in this episode, we're going to keep digging a little deeper, a little deeper to see if and how this ideology uh, that has been lauded in our culture over the last you know, decade and a half or so, how that ideology might also be detrimental to the mental, spiritual, and even physical health of Black girls and women. So let's talk about it, y'all. So I was doing some reading and there's uh, this article uh, I've come across a few different articles about it, a few different think pieces about it, but um, there's this thought that uh, the Black girl magic label um, has somehow harmed Black women, um, that it has, uh, it's time to basically let it go. And it's, it's harming us in terms of the ways in which um, the moniker does not allow black women to be fully seen and fully human, right? And so thinking about that, um, I wanted to just, you know, tease out some things. You know, magic is defined as the power of uh, influencing the course of events using mysterious or supernatural forces. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked a couple of episodes about ago about how uh, in Christian spaces, the idea of magic can somehow be controversial or, you know, or demonized even. Um, but Black girl magic, as we know it, as we've been talking about it, is the ideal of celebrating the empowerment, the sisterhood, and the accomplishments of Black women. 
It's the ability to name and define ourselves for ourselves. So shout out to the Kwanzaa principle of Kujichagulia, right? There, there is this ability of us to, to, to talk about ourselves in ways and in language uh, that we have created, right? So it's true. We, we didn't talk about it. There are magical things about us our spirituality, the, the seeming ease in our ability to tap into the creative nature of God, right? To co-create things and movements with God. And then we can also say that our very existence in society, in a society that's anti-Black and anti-woman every day of the week and twice on Sundays, right? That's magical. Our ability to thrive in spite of all that tries to come against us, right? That's magical. Our ability to transform pain into progress or into movements, that's magical. The, the, the very intersection of the favor of God and all that Black women are, all that we bring to the table, that's where something magical happens, right? So one of my favorite poems is, and I think I've recited this on our podcast at some point before, but it's Won't You Celebrate With Me by uh, Lucille Clifton. And it reads, won't you celebrate with me what I have shaped into a kind of life? I had no model. Born in Babylon, both non-white and woman. What did I see to be except myself? I made it up here on this bridge between starshine and clay, my one hand holding tight my other hand. Come celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. Amen. Hey, that, Amen. that right there is Black girl magic. That's creating something mm. out of nothing. Mm. That's my soul looks back and wonders how I made wow. it over. Yeah. That's that's black girl magic. And all, all of that is true. That is true. Full stop. That is true. We did that. We do that. We will do that. And it's also freaking exhausting. Mm. Can we yeah. just say that? Can we say that? Are yeah. we allowed to say that in this safe space? This brave space? Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. To always be on the run, to always be fighting for our lives, to always have to either feel like we're in a chokehold or to put something in a chokehold. Always doing, right? Mm. Exhausting. What mm. seems to be easy for other women, for other people, right? We've prayed for that. We have spent time on our knees and on our face for that. We sacrificed for that, that whatever it is that we've gotten. We've worked our butts off for that. Yes, we may have made it look easy, but was it? Mm. I'm just, I, 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 hey, hey, was it easy? No. Absolutely not. So I just want to ask us a, a few different questions on today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, Renee. I'm still at it's freaking exhausting. I, I need to sit there for a second. And, and I, I would 
beg to argue that there's some others who just need to sit in that for a second. It is exhausting. Like, yeah, that's it real. It is. It is. Um, to feel like if we don't do it, it won't get done. Huh. <sighs> To feel like if we don't show up on on a hundred or a hundred or or a thousand, then we're not letting our light shine, right? Mm. That just being, just our presence, isn't enough. There's so much to that. There's so much to that. We are used to being on, yeah. To the and point when where we aren't, we apologize for it. Yes. 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 And we have nothing to apologize for. This life, this life is exhausting. And for example, being on Christmas holiday and feeling a tad guilty that I was not doing what I would normally be doing. How do you have difficulty resting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finding myself not able to rest. Greta, oh. let me tell you something. I just said this last week. I was like, because I caught a bug and my body was like exhausted, but I couldn't sleep because my mind kept thinking about what I couldn't do because my body was not well. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. The last line of the poem is every day something. Every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. And for that to be, for that to resonate with all of us and we understand what that means, right, says that we are constantly moving. We're constantly ducking and dodging those things. We're constantly fighting against those things. Mm -hmm. And that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be called lazy. Right. Because right. it's been weaponized against us. Right. We don't want to be called uh, pew sitters. We don't want to be called uh, passenger princesses, even, you know, there's something about that. You know, I would love to be a passenger princess, but no, I got to be driving the car all the time, you oh. know, figuratively and literally it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. I'm um, reminded of this thing that I saw on Facebook. So I had to go to my Facebook account to um, pull it up because it was directly speaking to me. It's, and um, it says, maybe instead of I did nothing, you were choosing to rest, mm -hmm. taking a mental health day, looking mm -hmm. after yourself, nourishing yourself, catching up on your life, doing things that matter to you, taking time out, switching off from the outside noise, listening to your body, not being busy, having a much needed lie in prioritizing you, not partaking in society's constant guilt trip around rest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
That's good. That's good because it puts us back in the driver's seat and making a choice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where I think when we left off on our last episode, one of the one of the questions, well, one of the consensus we came to is that when have we had the choice not to show up as right. our best selves? When have right. we had a choice to not shine, right? And so, yeah, yeah. There are, in this era, we have been privileged with and afforded some space and some room to make mm-hmm. different choices than maybe our mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers have, you know, been mm-hmm. able to make. So I want to, I want to ask the question about, let's, let's interrogate this thing. Has the idea of black girl magic become a coping mechanism for us against all the things that are trying to take us out, you know, is it something that we are telling ourselves to make sense of our place in the world or or are we using this as as you know a form of resistance what do you all think i don't know if it's a coping mechanism and i'm speaking for my own self mm-hmm. i just don't know if i know any other way to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from the time I mentioned in the first episode about my mom, let's just say I was 10. I'm 50 now. (laughs) That's 40 years, give or take, of being on in some respect. I don't know how to shut it off. I just don't. Um, That's not to say I couldn't. And I mean, of course, I vacation. I do, you know, that kind of stuff. But I really struggled with these past two weeks of not having to go into the office, not having a Bible study to lead, not because I'm so used to a routine and a rigor. It was hard not to do it. It felt awkward and uncomfortable at some times. And that's not to say I didn't rest. But I just found that more often than not, I was telling myself, you need to get up and do something. I had that refrain going on and on in my head. Uh, you need to get up. You need to get up. Why are you just sitting here? You need to get up. Um, yeah. It's been an uncomfortable two weeks. Well, let me let me let me rephrase the question. So in Zora Neale Hurston's book, uh, Their Eyes Were Watching God, there is a line in there, as a quote in there where a black woman is saying out loud that black women are the mules of the world, mm. which we can, we, we've talked a lot about the ways in which some, the, the, the sun rises and sets on, on our labor sometimes uh, mm. in many instances in the church, we, we see, you know, in, in our community, we've seen that. Um, and so understanding how that labor has um, impacted uh, our foremothers and to some degree us as well, are we then using this idea of black girl magic um, as our kind of reframing that this is our choice to be magical to, to do the supernatural, right? To allow God to put the super on our natural. 
is this a way of coping with still having mm -hmm. to be the mules in some uh, scenarios, in some mm -hmm. settings, right? And saying, oh, well, it's black girl magic. Are we just reframing this by using this language? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of trying to put a positive spin on it? Uh-huh. Mm. Perhaps. I'm really wrestling with this, right? Mm -hmm. Wrestling with with that because my first response was, "Can two things be true?" Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because. We do know that we, it's sort of like, <clears throat> there are other words that we use too that are like that, mm -hmm. that are both triggering words and talk about the, about where we, what we've experienced, like resilient, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. We've had to be resilient because we've been traumatized. And so we wear it as our badge of we're resilient, but mm -hmm should we not be able to not have to be resilient? Right. And so that's what I, I think about with this is that yes, black girl magic is our way of just absolutely celebrating ourselves. But yes, it in many ways we've had to be this, not just from a perspective of it's in us and we wanna be great, but it's also there is some sorts of layers of we've got to be this to be seen. We've got to do yeah. this, you know, to to prove ourselves. Yeah. Right. We've got to have the 10 degrees to be somebody because you're not going to see us without a degree. Yeah. It's, it's for me and just along those same lines, and these are examples, it's the reason why my mom would tell me Notice that they put the black teachers in the upper grades versus putting, and these are in schools where you had a good mixture of people versus putting most of your white teachers in the lower grades. It's because those white teachers can't handle our older kids. And so they get the baby and play with them all day when they're younger, mm -hmm. but they give the tougher, if you will, the, the, the harder, how you want to phrase that? It's it's the same reason why in AME Church you have so many women in rural areas Ooh. versus the men who Ooh. get to go to the city and have the higher churches. Oh my! Oh my! I already knew, Greta. I knew where you were going. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With the five members where black people don't even live in those areas anymore. Hmm. Say not just sustain it but grow it because you have right. to report out on it. And if your numbers look the same, then that's why we're not moving you up because you haven't been able to perform. And the men are don't have that same expectation. They can go somewhere and do squat mm. and be moved. Whew. Ooh, child. And be rewarded for doing shit. Mm. So 
sorry. And that hot flash brought that out of me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you are bringing, you are wearing, you were doing the fan. And I thought to myself, man, I wish I had my Renaissance fan. Why didn't I think about bringing my Renaissance fan? I didn't yeah. even have a reason to fan, but I was just going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm some truth bombs over there. I'm just going to stay over here in my little Baptist corner. <laughs> Just, just, mm, mm, <laughs> I was about to say, no, y'all got it too. It just looked different. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Show yeah. do. Show do. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Takesha, you said something about, well, you used the word perform, I think. And that for me sparked the word performative. So is is using the phrase black girl magic to describe the ways describe and celebrate the ways that we show up, right? And and save the day. Does that um reek of performative uh behaviors? Like are we are we performing like who to whom are we proving? Uh, this thing to ourselves. We already noticed about ourselves. So, yeah. Is this performative? The way that you are messing with us. These first two episodes, we have just been... Yes, right. Our black girl magic, even in the beginning when you said it, like my little head, you know. <laughs> I'm like, man, dang, that, that is true. All right. Because, <laughs> yes, because I mean, well, I, I just want to frame it this way Does it negate the very real and very hard work that we put in? Think mm-hmm. about Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Think about Beyonce and Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Think about our doctoral journey, right? Y'all, we laid down our lives to we get did. this degree. We did. Talk to me. Does 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 calling it magic negate the very real sacrifices that we've made? I think it goes back to what Keisha said. Two things can be true. Both can be true. I I think there's definitely the supernatural aspect on it, but I also think it's the hard work we put in. Um, I mean, because I can have the natural, right? And, and don't do anything with it. But, um, and, and, and we know the results of that sometime, unless you white, but, um, <clears throat> but for those of us who take what we have and, and we, we do the things to grow it and to do and to put in the work and the, uh, you know, I, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think it's both. I think there is something to be said about performative aspects of it. Um, we need to be like very loud to be seen. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we are very easily overlooked because society says we do not matter. So we do have to perform at a higher level in order to match up with mediocrity. You know, there's that running joke about the fact I want the confidence of a mediocre white man because you cannot tell them that they don't deserve everything. 
by mere fact of their whiteness, right? We have not been afforded that luxury in the world. We have always understood that we are going to have to excel and outperform in order to be noticed. Yeah. And you don't get to to just, you know, be be minor and 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 be seen. Right. Um so but I think that black girl magic I don't know if the term itself is performative so much as the term allows us to be able to name what we do hmm. because we know we have to do it. And mm -hmm. so this is a way for us to celebrate what we know we have to do anyway. Mm -hmm. But the idea that, um, to, so the, to the second part of your question, does it negate our hard work? I think that the term is ours. It's our community's word. Mm -hmm. So maybe to black men, it may negate some of our hard work, but I think that it is primarily a celebration that we have created for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. still going to show up and do the things right? and be the things. Right. But this is our way of saying to ourselves, like there's something about us that's magical that allows us to be right. able to show up despite <laughs> there's all these reasons why people do not want to see us, but we still show up. It has to be. Uh, something magical within us that allows us to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thinking about um, still living in a country where the maternal uh, rates for Black women are still some of the lowest uh, in the developed, quote unquote, developed world, um, and how Black women are not believed all the times in medical settings. And uh, I can even tell you a story about my own primary care physician I had to leave after a number of years uh, because she continued to gaslight me uh, on uh, occasions when I would talk about issues that I had, even to the point where once uh, she brought in a resident in my appointment, into my appointment, she asked if she could bring in a resident to my checkup. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bring them in. And, and it was another woman and I was happy. Uh, and she began to talk to me and then she talked to the resident about me. And when I asked a question about what she had said about me, both of them acted like I disappeared and they completely ignored me mm. in the appointment, in the exam. Oh, wow. Right. And this was a black woman physician and a black woman resident. So I want to talk about and ask the question, has the phenomenon of black girl magic inadvertently played into some of the more harmful stereotypes about us? For instance, that we have thicker skin, that we have higher pain thresholds, right? That we can withstand more or that when we, that when we complain of pain, right, they don't believe us. I'm thinking of Serena mm -hmm. Williams and how mm -hmm. she almost bled to death. Mm 
uh, when she gave birth. I'm talking about Naomi Osaka, how when she said she needed mental health mm. uh, time away, folks, you know, wanted to, wanted to say something about that. I want to talk about Taraji P. Henson and how she's highlighted mental health in our community and Simone Biles. Like these are women at the top of their game, the height of their professions, and all of them have asked us and society at large to come on, pull over for a minute. Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about the ways that we, as magical as we are, mm -hmm. amazing that we are, we are human, mm. right? So could this whole idea that we are and move in the supernatural, you know, very easily, could that be weaponized against us? I think the short answer is yes. And it has been, and it is, it, it yeah. Yeah, it's um, I think very specifically about black women and our under um, uh, under prescribing of uh, drugs for us um, pain Amen. medicines. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This idea that hey, you know what, you can tolerate it. You got somehow a stronger threshold for mm -hmm. pain than other people. Right. When the reality is that a lot of times, yeah, we, we, we bear a lot, but that doesn't mean we don't have the right to have the same level of, of access mm -hmm. as other people do. And so it, it does. And it's not even just from other people. It can be from ourselves. The, that this black girl magic phenomenon harms us because we think something is wrong with us when we can't show up. And when we say, I just am tired, mm. I just can't push. I just can't do it. We look at ourselves and we say, what's wrong with us? Mm -hmm. Look at this person. She's doing this and this and this and this and this. So something must be wrong with me. And we find ourselves trying to match other people's because mm obviously black girl magic is universal and it allows us to do everything. All of us can do everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Comparison is a thief of joy mm. for sure. I mean, I've had that. I, I've had those moments where I've seen my sisters doing some things and felt like, well, you know, why not me? Why isn't my, where's my wand? You know, where, mm -hmm. where is, where, you know, I, I have felt like that before. Absolutely. Um, because, and, and I felt like that in probably, gosh, it, before I knew, but before the phrase was coined, right? Mm -hmm. Before that was actually a thing. I remember working in, uh, corporate settings mm -hmm. and, you know, feeling like, gosh, you know, I need to step up my game. I need to, mm -hmm. to do, you know, because there was the weight of the expectations of my community on me, the first in this role, the first one, the first black woman to do X, Y, Z. And I also, speaking of that, think I'm thinking about Cla Dr. Claudine Gay mm -hmm. and how she was unceremoniously, you know, booted up out of Harvard. This this uber qualified right. woman, 
this woman who was, you know, in, in the first months of her term and how a political movement, you know, mm -hmm. political lynching is what uh, they, they employed to get her out of there. Yeah. Um, it's just wild how, and I really hope, I, I really want to speak this out there, that she is surrounded by some sisters who are speaking life into her, mm -hmm. speaking uh, to her that she is not, you know, these right. things that what they're saying in the media, that she right. is more than this one moment, that this uh, is just a bump on the road, a large one, but a bump on the road and that she mm -hmm. will be, you know, vindicated uh, at some point and that God is going to open greater doors for her. Yes. I just pray that she's surrounded. Right. I um, named, almost named her so many times. So I'm glad that you named her. And mm -hmm. to add to this conversation about Black girl magic, um, and it, as it relates to her, the fact that academicians are actually critiquing her when they know that they themselves have have everybody's you know inadvertently missed a citation, but the expectation of a black woman who was right. raised to be the president of Harvard has to be without flaw. She has to be right. flawless, execute everything without any ability to have anyone be able to say anything about her. And the right. moment that you can say a thing and point to a thing, it's cause to, <laughs> as you stated, publicly lynch her. Yeah. We have to be without spot or wrinkle, right? And the only one without spot or wrinkle is Jesus. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, let's 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 dig a little deeper about that idea that you know, when we're expected to be on all the time and we're expected to show up perfect, that we can't make a mistake, right? That's that's elevating us to a place that we that's just unattainable, mm. right? It's not sustainable that, you know, Jesus is the one who's perfect, not us. Right. That really, really um, problematizes that idea of magic, right? Because magic suggests that if there's no human flaw in it or possible because it's magical, mm -hmm. magic, just you say some words and it's created. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. There's no work to be done. Right. But the reality is that we are humans that are working. And so therefore, there are going to be times that we mess up, that we fall short. And so it's it's a critique on the world's view of us that we don't get to mess up. But it's also helpful to us because it reminds us that even as magical as we are, you're still human. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get it right all the time. And you mm -hmm. have to be kind enough and forgiving enough to yourself, mm -hmm. something that the world may not even allow you. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. The world is the world is not going to be as kind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay. Well, so if we're defining and celebrating ourselves. Uh, in this way, you know, we're using our Wonder Woman lasso and we are you know, <laughs> uh, snatching stuff 
uh, you know, out of thin air, if you will. And sorry, mm -hmm. that's what's going off. But if we're snatching stuff out of thin air, if we're doing all of these things, right? Mm. How do we ensure that we, with that same lasso, are not creating a noose for ourselves? How are we, you Girl. know, <laughs> leveraging this black girl magic to where it's it's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because this could it's used wrong, you know, used. Mm -hmm. I think we could really do ourselves more harm than good, setting these unrealistic expectations for ourselves and for other black women. Which this, I say is, this is such a good question. It's a great question. Um, and the imagery behind it. Kudos. All right. So <laughs> such a thinker. Um, I really didn't have an answer. I just want to say all that. So give me a second. Okay. <laughs> she just came to celebrate her sister. That's all she did. She said, I don't have an answer. Just to celebrate my sister's question and the imagery. That's the imagery, the question. I'm like, yes, go. Okay. I'm sorry. I love a good question. So that was great. Okay. Oh, okay. But no, I, I will say this. So uh, mm, that question really resonates with me. Um, because I recognize I'm my own worst enemy, right? I think most of us are in some form. And so I think I dance and flirt with that line of lasso over noose. Um, and again, shout out to Mr. Fowler, because I think more so than myself, he sees when the noose is forming. Um, and he gives me space to, uh, turn it back to a lasso, if you will. Um, he calls me, he'll call me out on it. And so I, I think, you know, whoever it is in your life or in your space that can be honest with you about you, um, your habits, your work ethic, your drive, your push, um, I think that's important. Of course, in saying that, it makes me think about those who may not have individuals in our life that that can do that and have that wisdom and vision to to call you out and not call out in a bad way, but in a loving way to say, hey, you know, you, you're working hard, you know, or whatever the case may be. Um, and, and I'll say I've not really, I think I get so busy in the work that I don't see the noose. And so I'm thankful for my husband who does. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely flirt with that line. And I think it's an easy line to cross. Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Greta's response is great. The people around you, making sure that you have people around you I think also being self-aware enough to name the fact mm. that you are not very good at seeing when that <laughs> you're getting you're about to get caught up um, is a thing. You have to be self-aware enough to know that that's your issue. Mm. That's a, a, a potential problem. And much like you, Greta, I know that I have that potential problem. Mm. 
And so giving people permission around you to just tug on you um, is important. Also, self-awareness allows when God sends um, signs Mm -hmm. to you that you can receive them and recognize them. So sometimes it comes in a Facebook post post when you are actually telling yourself, like, I got it do more. And you're like, your body is like, girl, you're tired that you can say, I received this. I need to sit down. It's, you know, even seeing for me again, a Facebook post that reminded me of something I used to do that Mm -hmm. this year you can say no to even opportunities that come in to your life. If they're part, if they're impeding on when you have already scheduled your rest and you can trust Mm -hmm. that if it is for you, it will come back to you. And if it doesn't, then it wasn't meant for you. So I think that, that, that embracing of creating your boundaries for yourself Mm is important in helping to ensure that you do not turn your lasso into a noose. And being unapologetic about it. So I think of the people that you named, Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles in particular, um, probably I'm sure hearing the backlash for the decision and sticking with it. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the Summer Olympics coming up. And Simone Biles, they, they're going to bring it back up. I mean, they've they've already been bringing it up with the different competitions that lead up to that are leading up to Paris. And so um, I'm I'm just thinking about her and how she's going to navigate even that. Um, and preferably, she is. I think she is. You know, I don't I don't know, but um, I think she is. But you know, it. it it's so easy to be on the outside right. and to look at somebody's life and to judge it. And you have no idea right. of what they're going through, have been through and have done to get to where they are. And then you got some little redneck heifer or whatever <laughs> come along and judge you. Uh, you know, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I feel that. Right. So they now. hold your, your worst day. Yep. As the only day that you have ever, but it really is a response to your actual magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're dressed by your actual magic. So the moment they see the inkling of a flaw, they allow that to be the picture they paint of you. All right, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm spilling away. Nah. That's that's, that's it. I mean, and I think what also um, will help us when we're looking at, you know, whether it's a lasso or a noose is grace Mm, is allowing ourselves and one another such a a wide birth for grace. Um, Because, you know, otherwise the expectations are too heavy, Mm -hmm. you know, the expectations are too heavy. And so thinking about Simone, when it's not, a 10, you know, when it's not tens across the board that she won't, you know, fall apart. Mm. Um, 
on her on whatever her worst day looks like, you know, and mm -hmm. we're all looking like I'm thinking about what her worst day is on on you know the apparatus. And I'm like, her that's her worst, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like, what <laughs> for me? That's a win. It's a win. It's a win. Because I know I can't do that. But I think even allowing ourselves that measure of grace, um, speaking to ourselves kindly, you know, and, and saying, girl, you are doing your absolute best. Like even on your worst day, you were showing up and you were killing that thing. Right. You know? Um, and I think that's that's where that's where the magic is. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where the power is, I think, in in seeing ourselves fully. Uh, the totality of not just what we produce and what not not how we're showing up in the world, but just how we show up. Period mm -hmm. for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I do still believe in black girl magic. I just wanted to, you know, I just want to pick at it and you know just just pull it apart, make sure we all you know on one accord thinking about what what it is and what it does uh, for us and the capacity for it to kind of go left too. I think that's mm -hmm. important to know where the boundaries are on this thing. Right. Um. But the, but the last thing I want to say is this, is that when we were conceptualizing um, these episodes, and particularly for this episode, for me, I heard this morning, loudly, I heard it, uh, Stevie Wonder's song, mm -hmm. If It's Magic. That's 1976. That's, this, that's good music. That's good, good music. <laughs> good old Stevie. Um, and the song was just ringing in my ear if it's magic and the the song itself is talking about love really it doesn't it doesn't name it as love as as what we're calling magic but he says if it's magic then why can't it be everlasting like the sun that always shines like the poet's endless rhyme like the galaxies in time hmm. and the chorus goes it holds the key to every heart throughout the universe it fills you up without a bite and quenches every thirst. So if it's special, then with it, why aren't we as careful as making sure we dress in style, posing pictures with a smile, keeping dangers from a child? What I believe about Black girl magic is that if it's really magic, then we have to be careful. Mm. We have to be careful. It has to be everlasting, like the lifetime of the sun. It will leave no heart mm -hmm. undone, for there's enough for everyone. If it's magic, that's what I believe about Black Girl Magic, that it's real, full stop. Mm -hmm. But with it, we always have to be careful. We have to honor it. We have mm -hmm. to layer it with grace for mm -hmm. ourselves and for one another. Um, mm. and, and that we have to keep it uniquely ours, that it not be something that is performative for other folk. No, this is for us. This is for us by us. So final thoughts, ladies. Good. Yeah. I think you named it, nailed it. All right. All right. Well, as always, we do thank you all uh, for taking your time to, to listen and share with us on this, you know, little podcast on this corner of the world. Uh, we are so grateful and we don't take it for granted that you've taken time to rock with us. So join us next time for another episode of Righteous, Ratchet and Real. Peace. <laughs>